One of my favorite doctors, Dr. Tom Brophy. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good, sir. Thank you for having me. What are you saying, man? This is a bad, bad situation, is it not, sir? Oh, it's an absolute crisis, and, and it comes at a terrible time, and it's sort of, you know, multiple sequences of events that have led up to this. You know, the, thinking back, you know, when, when COVID first hit, we had a, uh, a temporary, um, if not permanent for some of them, but nurses were leaving because, you know, they, they were at too high risk, um, you know, so certain ones just too fearful, certain other ones that were near retirement. You know, those people all, all um, when COVID came around, you know, they disappeared from the workplace. Then you had some things like uh, vaccine mandates and, and, and things such of that nature, and that resulted in another big departure uh, from the nursing workforce. And, you know, now because of those departures and because certain areas of the country were left more short than others, places like Texas, right. Florida, right. California, right. Wyoming, you know, they're pulling from their emergency funds to pay severely elevated rates, you know, to these nurses. And, and you can't blame the nurses. No. I mean, the nurses that are working very difficult jobs, they're putting their lives at risk. And, and, and you know, I, I was a part of a conversation just this past weekend while we were in the, you know, while we're in the ER and we're dealing with the, the consequences of these shortages, you know, the nurses are talking and they're like, look, Doc, I, I make $50,000 a year and I work 50 weeks out of the year. I could work 20 weeks out of the year and, and, and clear six figures, you know, and have the rest of the time off with my family and my kids and, and my spouse and, and, you know, or pursuing whatever other passions they want. Or they could work the entire year. And like you said, they could clear almost half a million dollars. So, you know, you really can't blame the nurses. They're going to go where the money is. They're going to go where, you know, the risk reward benefit makes the most sense to them. But that leaves us here in Pittsburgh, you know, where, where these health systems aren't willing to pay those those high wages you know, short and, and unable to find, you know, staff to, to staff these beds. Hey, Doc, tell us, tell me what happened in the ER in terms of folks. How long were they in the ER? That shocked the heck out of me. Oh, it, it's, it's, it's shocking to me. It, it, it's shocking to, you know, those of us that are working in the emergency departments and in healthcare in general. I mean, this past week, I worked at all different types of facilities from, from your level one tertiary care facilities to, you know, your, 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 high uh, trauma centers that are in the center of the state, but they still rely on those top-tier tertiary care facilities in Pittsburgh to receive their most complex patients, all the way to the community hospitals that rely on both of the other ones, you know, to, to do the same. And it has a bottleneck effect. So when, when the beds aren't available in, at the downtown tertiary care facilities, then these patients are being boarded at these other hospitals. And I've seen things like I've never seen before in my life. I, I walked into the, one of the emergency departments, obviously because of HIPAA and, and right, right, also right. because of, you know, um, just professional security. I can't talk about what no, facilities, no, no. but yeah. it was at every type of facility. I mean, you know, I had patients that were in the emergency department for 180 hours, 160 hours. We're talking like six, seven days in the emergency department. And the reason why those people can't be sent home is because they need a life-saving procedure that we're unable to get them. You know, one person needed open-heart surgery. Another one had a bad gallbladder that needed to come out. These are things that in, uh, in any other, you know, given scenario, minus this nursing shortage and, and this COVID crisis, like those people would be taken to the OR immediately. Man. And instead... You know, we're having to do things like use methods to stabilize them to buy time yeah. just until we could get that bed. And, and you know, these health systems are having to do these morning huddles 
where they're going through not just, you know, 10 patients or 20 patients or even 50 patients. They're looking at a list of 200 patients, you know, thinking like, okay, we have to figure out who to bring down first. And, and, and so it, it's affecting everybody, whether you have COVID or whether you have heart disease or whether, you know, you had a bad trauma. Dr. Tom Brophy, let's be clear. This creates a dangerous situation, does it not, sir? Absolutely. Incredibly dangerous. Why? You know, because we know that time is tissue. You know, we know that the faster you intervene on some of these pathologies, the better a person is going to do. And, and certainly, you know, we use things like, you know, triage where, you know, where we're trying to determine, like, who's the sickest and, and, and who, who's, you know, for which patient is that timeline the most critical. But as patients are sitting and, and as, you know, all these services are, are, are tied up, it's resulting in higher morbidity and mortality rates. It's, it's resulting in deaths. It's resulting in complications when they do finally get the surgery. And, and this is something that really all eyes should be on. And in my personal opinion, you know, they should be, be declaring a state of emergency for these health systems. And, and I think it's just gross, you know, when certain health systems are, are, are posting about billion-dollar profits, yet they're not willing to temporarily match these travel wages. And I'm not talking about Hold on, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what This is what struck me about your text. How do we fix this, sir, quickly? Uh, with, is it a Band-Aid yeah. on a shotgun blast? You know, How can we fix this? I'd accept any of the above, even a temporary Band-Aid. Even if they say, hey, guess what? For the next six months, we're going to declare a, a special circumstances, and, and we're going to pay those same travel rates to keep our nurses here locally. You know, and you don't have to do the extreme $200 an hour. Right. You know, like these nurses, if you just offered them, you know, the, the ones that are getting, you know, $40 an hour, you double that to $80 an hour. They will come and work. They, they don't want to travel and leave their families. They're doing it because of the financial incentive. And in and, and my opinion, you know, pouring that, pouring that money into it is at least going to help stabilize the situation until more methods can, can be thought of, you know, to, to improve it long term. Dr. Tom Brophy, so we're clear. You believe that people are dying as a result of this nightmare, right? I, I, I do. I believe that, that, you know, that those numbers are going to come far down the road. You know, when all this stuff is being looked at in the rearview mirror and, and you know, we're all playing Monday morning quarterback. Yeah. We're going to look at some of these complications. And, and the other difficult thing is, like, we've never been in a situation like this before, not, not, not in modern times with modern medicine. So it, it's going to be difficult to say, like, well, if that person had gotten that surgery a little bit sooner, would they have a better outcome? And, and you know, there's going to be a lot of back and forth and discrepancy. But we know that time is tissue. We know that getting people expedited, you know, to, to these, these transfers and these, these higher levels of care is, is not only the right thing to do, but it's been the standard of care in this country for decades. And, and we need to do something about it. And, and I hope that the politicians are listening. I hope that the healthcare leaders are, are listening, you know, the people who run these, yep. these big organizations. And I hope they take steps to make things better. Thanks for your courage, man. It's shocking, but it has to be told. Thanks, Doc. You're the best. Yeah. Thanks. You too, Marty. Oh, man. Scary stuff. Triple A traffic. Much for the power of Bowser. Hey, Kath. Hi, Marty. We do have an accident for folks on the southbound side of 79, and this is uh, about three and a half miles north of the 422 interchange there at Butler, Newcastle. We do have a lane restriction as crews are working to clear that. A lane restriction over on 28 on the southbound side as you head down toward uh, Fox Chapel and Delafield Avenue. On the eastbound side of Interstate 70, crews have set up some work with a lane restriction between Dunningsville and Bentleyville. Our next AAA traffic on the fives at 955. 
From the Presbyterian Senior Care Network Traffic Center, I'm Kathy Burke, Renault 100.1 FM and AM 1020 KDKA. Look, here's why I love Bowser. Yes, yes, they've had to pivot. Yes, they're having the same tough time getting new cars as anyone else. However, they have used cars, and they have the best used cars, and they're not going to gouge you. This is the game right now, right? You got to pay, sir, what you got to pay, because it's all we got. Not at Bowser. I'm just telling you that. And, and once you get the car, the service is insane. You need an oil change? They will drive to your house, pick up your car, drop off a car, change the oil, bring the car back. That's why we're a Bowser family. Three of us driving now. Bowsers. Cars are the best. The service is the best. That's why we're never going anywhere else. Bowser. They get it.